Okay, let's do it. Uh, welcome to our last Monday evening class for a while. <laughs> Never know what's going to happen. <laughs> this will be our last Monday night. <clears throat> first of uh, first week of May, we'll switch Monday nights over to Friday nights instead. Friday at eight o'clock. Uh, probably a rough time for people on the East Coast. Um, <clears throat> late nighters like Stephen. <laughs> He'll be there. <laughs> so I always think of it like a Friday night candlelight meeting in the old days in the, in the, in the recovery program. They always had candlelight meetings on Friday nights. So th it'll be our, our, our candlelight meeting without, and we'll all be the candles. We won't have actual candles. <laughs> we'll just be living candles. So, uh, yeah. Also, uh, I realized my screen was freezing up. And so I checked for an update. And, uh, and lo and behold, there's a new update from Zoom out on your account. So uh, if your screen starts freezing up, maybe that's the reason. <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, I, I updated this this computer. I, I still have to update Lens. Um, but yeah, you never know when anything's wrong. <laughs> look for an update because it might always be that. Uh, so tonight we're going to, how's my sound, by the way, so far? Yeah, good, very good. Great. Tonight we're going to talk about um, moving from the unrecognized, the unaware, <laughs> the unremembered, moving to the recognized, moving to being aware, moving to remembering. And... Uh, all those words are synonymous, and there's a whole mess of other words we'll look at that are synonymous with those words in the course. That experience of, of moving through our day thinking we know why we're upset, meaning um, I believe in what I think. <laughs> I believe I know who the bad guy is, and I'm not recognizing what's really going on just under the surface that the source of my set is upset isn't coming from anything external at all, even though I'm, I'm almost 100% sure it is that there's something else going on. And I'm not recognizing, I'm not remembering what the real source of the issue is. I'm not waking up to that. Actually, I'm hiding it. <laughs> Another big word in the course is that we, we hide it from ourselves. The reason it's unrecognized, the real issue, why we're upset, goes hidden because we hid it from ourselves. We hid this a whole wrong-minded experience where we chose to basically throw God out the window or believe we did, and then we're off and running with that. So the way, what we're looking at here is how do I re-remember? How do I recognize what's really going on? Each, each step in the forgiveness process could be looked at as a, as a way of recognizing um, kind of peeling back those layers of the onion that Abe was talking about earlier this week. There, there, there's steps in waking up to what's really going on. So here we think we, we recognize what the problem is, but we're totally oblivious to what the real issue is. So the first step is, what if, what if I'm not upset for the reason I think? What if it's simply I'm not recognizing what the real issue is? Jesus, help me see what the real issue is. Help me recognize what the real issue is. And then we get back to here, dark night of the soul, and 
And now what we're hiding from ourselves is we're not the home of evil, darkness, and sin. Um, we're not hiding that. <laughs> we believe that. <laughs> but what we're hiding is it's not true. We're not recognizing that our belief that we're the home of evil, darkness, and sin is all made up. So the first step of forgiveness is recognizing my brother is not the home of evil, darkness, and sin. And then the second step of forgiveness is recognizing I'm not the home of evil, darkness, and sin. And then the third step of forgiveness is, is, is recognizing, oh, I'm still the son of God. So it's really three steps in recognizing. It's really three steps in waking up. That's where forgiveness is. Each of those steps, forgiveness, you know, could be described as letting go of believing. I recognize the problem. No, I don't. <laughs> and then here, I believe I'm the problem. I recognize I'm the problem. Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> and then here, I realize that all that stuff was made up. And I finally recognize, re remember that I am, the, that I am, we are the son of God. So, you know, last week, I think, whatever, a few classes back, we were talking about resistance is not the problem per se. Yeah, sort of, kind of, but it's the unrecognized resistance that keeps us stuck. And, you know, as Christians, we can walk around all day long saying, yeah, I know I'm resistant. <laughs> and intellectually, you know, on some level, we know that's probably true. But until we really get in touch with that and we really recognize our resistance to working each of those three steps of forgiveness, our resistance to recognizing I'm not upset for the reason I think it's not your fault. I'm not upset because I'm, you know, I mean, it's all made up, but recognizing I'm not the home of evil, darkness, and sin either. And then finally, third step of forgiveness, I recognize I am the son of God. Each of those three steps of forgiveness could be looked at as a way of recognizing what's really going on. Um, and each of those three steps, we could look at, you know, especially the first two, as a form of resistance. I don't want to see what's going on. I don't want to recognize what the real problem is, either here or here. Resistance to recognizing, resistance to remembering. Any questions or comments about any of that <laughs> right off the bat so far? Yeah. So I wanted to look at... Um, this is the chart initially. So, you know, we, we talk about this line here a lot about this being the veil of forgetfulness. And we forget basically everything that's above this line. We forget we have a wrong mind. We forget we have a right mind. And, and we forget even our true identity as God's son in heaven. And we call this line right here, the veil of forgetfulness. But in, in um, Ken's, uh, seminar on the, the four splits, like how we left heaven, how we separated from the Holy Spirit, how we're often running with the wrong mind, and then how, finally how we're, we believe we're in a world. There were really four splits, meaning there weren't, was not just one veil of forgetfulness. There were actually two more before that. Two, two, more, two more veils where we hid what, what the previous step was as we stepped away from heaven. So, you know, the first step away from heaven, the first veil of forgetfulness was basically this line right here. We forgot 
on purpose, we hid to ourselves that we were the son of God. We did not remember, we did not recognize that we're, we're still the son of God. And so we step outside of heaven and we play around with this tiny mad idea. Then there's two reactions to that, the ego and the Holy Spirit. And so when we side with the ego and we go running with that idea of separation, basically this line right here is a veil of, of, of forgetfulness too. We forget that there's a Holy Spirit on purpose. We don't want to hear that we can't separate. We want to run with the idea of separation. So this is really the first veil of forgetfulness. This line right here is the second veil of forgetfulness where we forget the Holy Spirit. And then finally, this, this is the big one we talk about all the time, the veil of forgetfulness, where we forget we have a mind. We forget we made all this up in the wrong mind. We forget there's a right mind. And we certainly forget there's, there's our true identity as one son of God in heaven. So three veils of forgetfulness, three veils that we, we put up so we don't recognize what the previous step was out of, outside of heaven. So when we choose to look at the tiny mad idea, we get so preoccupied one way of looking at the way we hide the previous step. We, we get so preoccupied with the tiny mad idea of separation, we forget what our true identity is in heaven. We don't remember it. We don't recognize it because now we're obsessed with this. And then once we choose to run with it and we side with the ego, we get so preoccupied with this, we forget the Holy Spirit is even there. Second veil of forgetfulness. And then when this all gets projected onto the world, we get so preoccupied with the world, you know, like <laughs> that the, the, the reality that we have a mind is just gone. The awareness we have a mind is gone. We totally hide that from ourselves. So that was the purpose of each veil, was to hide the previous step out moving away from heaven. Any anything about that one? <laughs> Go ahead, Abe. So, so I guess uh, this means then that that's why we need three steps of forgiveness, one for each veil. Is that fair? Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Thanks. So, I, I mean, it's sort of technical, but but I mean, it, it really is the process that we've been talking about for <laughs> ever <laughs> of, of waking up, of remembering that this ain't the problem. This is the problem. And then remembering this ain't a problem because we made this up and this is our, still our true identity. So, yeah. Yeah, it's moving back through those veils. Um, so there's lots of words that the Course uses for this way we kind of hide things from ourselves. At one point he says we're, we're preoccupied with tangential issues. Well, that's, that certainly applies to the, the way I just kind of laid out these, this process of moving away from heaven. We get so preoccupied with this tangential issue, we forget there is a Holy Spirit telling us we're okay. We get so preoccupied with these tangential issues in the world that we forget we have a mind at all. So there's lots of words that the, the Course uses to describe 
this process of one way of putting it is unrecognizing the truth, unrecognizing what we who we truly are as God's son. And then eventually, once we run with that tiny mad idea of separation, unrecognizing what the real issue is. And so all these words are, are pretty much synonymous. And then, so, so the, you know, the wrong-minded experiences, I become I, 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 unrecognized. My identity as God's son is unrecognized. The real problem when I'm in the world is unrecognized. It's not the world that's the problem. It's the problem in my wrong mind. Same true with unaware. I'm unaware that, there, you know, once I choose the ego as my, as my guide, my teacher, I'm unaware of the Holy Spirit. And then when I project all that onto the world, then I'm unaware that what the real issue is. So all this, all this stuff, I mean, he, he uses the word recognize. You ready for this? <laughs> I had no idea until I looked it up. This process of recognizing what the real issue is and recognizing that issue was made up. He uses that word like 800 times in the course, as much as he uses the word forgiveness, as much as he uses the word ego, as much as he uses the word healing. This, this process of recognizing what's really going on is the process of forgiveness in the course. But we don't usually use those words. We kind of do. And Jesus uses them all the time. Once, once you kind of focus on that, <laughs> you see it everywhere. For example, <laughs> for example, <laughs> lesson 107 that Lynn went over the other day. This is lesson 107 in the workbook, page 192. The very first paragraph, page 192 in the workbook, lesson 107, paragraph one. What can correct illusions but the truth? Well, yeah, that sort of makes sense. But then it goes on. And what are errors but illusions that remain? What? Illusions aren't a problem. It's just that we don't recognize their illusions. That's the problem. <laughs> we think we're upset for the reason we think. That's an illusion. But we don't, we don't recognize that. We think our problems are very real, and that's why we're upset. What are errors but illusions that remain unrecognized for what they are? We don't know that we don't want to admit they're just illusions. When truth has entered, errors disappear. They merely vanish, leaving not a trace by which to be remembered. They are gone because without belief, they have no life. When we're in this mode and, and we think we actually have problems in the world, we don't believe those illusions are illusions at all. We don't recognize it. That fact, we totally hide from ourselves. And we go to great lengths to prove <laughs> that we're upset for the reason we think. We go to great lengths to not recognize what the real issue is. Uh, yeah, so, and then um, let's see what Bruce was going over the other day, page 274 in the text. And there's certainly different ways that Jesus says this kind of stuff all the time. Bruce, when, two, page 274 in the text, this is the decision for guiltlessness. Um, in chapter 14, I'm on page 274, paragraph three at the bottom, specifically the italics. 
Here he uses the word manifest. And it's not like spooky, ooky, weirdo, I'm going to manifest <laughs> an elephant. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, like make something up and you're going to see it. In this case, the way Jesus is using the word manifest is when we see clearly what's already a done deal. We manifest it to ourselves. We clear up with the help of the Holy Spirit what our true identity is. We recognize what our true identity is. What I experience, I will recognize. And he's talking about internally, whether if I choose the ego, I will make the ego manifest. I'll make separation alive and well in the world, and I'll think it's your fault. And I won't know I'm doing that. I won't recognize it. I'll keep it hidden from myself. So what I experience internally, if I choose the ego or if I choose the Holy Spirit, I will make manifest. I will believe that's, that's what's really going on. If I choose the ego, I'll believe the illusion's real. If I choose the Holy Spirit, I'll realize it's an illusion. I'll realize it's a dream. And he goes on, he uses that word manifest a lot. Um, what I experience, I will make manifest to me. I will make that clear to me. I will believe it. If I am guiltless, I have nothing to fear. I choose to testify to my acceptance of the atonement, not to its rejection. And then on the top of page 275, I would accept my guiltlessness by making it manifest. By making it clear to me that my guiltlessness is a done deal. And how do we do that? That's always the process. Am I willing to share that guiltlessness with my brother? If I do that, I'll make that clear to me. I won't be hiding guiltlessness anymore. My brother will be guiltless and I'll be guiltless. That's what forgiveness does. It just pulls the rug on guilt. <laughs> it just pulls my recognizing the guilt is all made up. I would accept my guiltlessness by making it clear to myself by sharing it. Sharing guiltlessness with my brother. That's always the how-to. We don't go around saying, you know, I mean, we can. <laughs> this is an illusion when obviously we don't believe it. If it's affecting me at all, then I absolutely do not believe that this is an illusion. If I was clear, if I made manifest to myself that whatever it is out there that I think is bothering me was an illusion, I would make it manifest. I would make it clear to myself that that's impossible. How can illusion affect me? The illusion of the world and then internally the illusion of the wrong mind, that I am a separate thing. And then uh, it, it goes on, he uses the word again, making it clear to ourselves, manifesting to ourselves, paragraph seven at the bottom of page 275. The way to teach this simple lesson is merely this, guiltlessness is invulnerability. Therefore, make your invulnerability manifest to everyone. Make it clear to everybody. That's what you're, you're willing to see in them so that we can see it in ourselves. Make it clear to them. They're not the guilty party. I'm not upset for the reason I think. Whatever you did or didn't do, it was never the problem. I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to recognize that with Jesus' help. And then uh, lesson 109, today's lesson. 
This is on page 197 in the workbook, paragraph two. And once again, it kind of uses all kinds of words for moving from this experience of the unpart, <laughs> unknown, unremembered, unadmitted, over to the other side of the board, recognized, admitted, remembered. So he uses all kinds of words in the course for waking up. <laughs> so we we're moving from the unawakened to the awakened, from the, the hidden to the manifest, from the unrealized to the realized. Go ahead, Bruce. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying this, and this is really actually making manifest and clear to my mind. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, some of these concepts, I, I like how you're presenting it, very, very helpful. I, I was also thinking how um, the recognition, usually use, uh, seems like the course, and we oftentimes use visual metaphors, and so vision seems like this is part of that. I was thinking how we're kind of like, if you're talking about the four splits, we're sort of like, we went through Mr. Magoo self-blinding process on multiple stages, you know, different levels. So it's sort of like, uh, you know, not that it's a numbers thing, but it's like, you know, maybe a small fraction of the time we get past the first veil and, and we think, oh, well, maybe it is my mind, you know, and then, then, then maybe even a smaller percentage of that still, you know, we actually think, oh, well, maybe, maybe it's not, uh, maybe I'm not a sinful, guilty, fearful identity and uh you know, and then and eventually you know <laughs> that becomes more frequent but you know it seems like it's a, a small percentage of a small percentage kind of thing as far as getting past those first couple of veils anyway so yeah, yeah. but but, but the, mr. the mr magoo metaphor just really you know yeah. came pretty strong for me for i sure remember there were times there were times in the cartoon where it, it was like he was always squinting so he could never see what was really going on but sometimes his eyes would get really big and he would see it yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. But so, but he had he had this protection, which I think you know, it's like he'd be on a on a girder walking along, you know, seven stories up, and and right when he was about to step off, another girder would just you know swing along. He miraculously. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I think we have that kind of not not on the level of form, but in the level of mind with Holy Spirit's help. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Real, yeah. This is really helpful. Yeah. Thanks. Good. Thanks. Thanks. So in uh, paragraph two on page one ninety seven in the workbook. Uh, lesson 109, um, in line four, he says, this thought has the power to wake, make us aware of the sleeping truth inside of us, moving from this experience of unawake to being awake, moving from unrecognized to recognizing the sleeping troop within us. Um, it's another way in line six, he talks this experience of moving from this unadmitted to admitted, unremembered to remembered. He calls it born again. That's what born again is. All, we, all we're doing is waking up to what's already a done deal. We're recognizing it. And he even says at the end of that sentence six, we're born again to recognize ourself, our true identity. Recognize. We move from unrecognized to recognized. So go ahead, Chris. Well, you're saying I'm never upset for the reason I think. Only uh, you, Chris. So you're I'm telling me I'm not, right now I'm upset because I'm I just I'm so I'm the most disorganized person I know. I'm always losing stuff. I forgot to bring my charger home tonight. I've got 
7% left. They say maybe five minutes left, and I don't have it here to plug in. But it really, I mean, I guess I'll have to just when I leave, it's nothing personal. But this trait is really getting to me after a lifetime of doing it. And, uh, but I know that's something I've got to work through, but it just, it really does bother me. And then it always seems so trivial and it'll come out. Everybody forgets things and is disorganized, but, um, it's really a, a trigger for me because it just seems to happen so much. And it's just like, I get into this whole thing of, Oh, here we go again, you know, and it's simple to get organized. And I love it when I am, but boy, just the littlest thing because, and it's just the tape that keeps right going around and around. Yeah. So as you were, as you were saying that, Chris, I was thinking, you know, like, it looks like the issue is I didn't remember my charger. And obviously in terms of time and space, that seems like an issue. You know, I, I, now I can't do what it is I want to do because I forgot something. But that's not why we're really upset. <laughs> the, what, we're, what we didn't remember was who we are. Yeah. If we knew who we are, it wouldn't matter whether I had my charger or not. I'd already be supercharged. <laughs> I, I'd remember <laughs> who I am. <laughs> I could just tune in to what was happening <laughs> in any given second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a beautiful lesson today. I tell you, I just uh, loved it and still am. But, uh, but uh, that other thing just surfaces so easily, it seems like. So yeah. uh, I rest in God, you know, and I'll go back there. Yeah, you rest in God, not your charger, <laughs> <laughs> and not my uh, my uh, uh, bad habits. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm always doing it. It's just enough already. So, are you in the library now? Or are you you're not home? I'm at home now, but oh. uh, when I when uh, when I substitute teach, and so I I'm at school during the day. That's why I can't always show myself during the daytime or uh, I'm kind of sneaking in while I'm watching kids. Uh -huh. but, uh, it usually works, but uh, there's lots of chargers there. <laughs> if I forget it. Oh, well, we yeah. will miss you. <laughs> well, thanks. It's good to and see I would have you. Taken my, it my, my babble friends. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll stay on. I got it says six seconds, but I don't know. Right. Ten minutes. Thank I you. wonder if it'll last longer if you turn off your video. You might have oh, a I'll few more that. seconds that way. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Probably not much. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Anybody else? Anything? Yeah. Uh, I I, I think uh, you're speaking for many of us here, Chris. <laughs> you know that um, um, have become more and more forgetful as as time goes on, and um, you know the the thing that keeps coming up for me as, as we're talking is that you know that the, there really is no real issue. We make it all up. There really isn't an issue. We, we make these things issues that are not issues at all, because in terms of the world, they seem to be issues. In terms of how I navigate 
the dream, it seems to be an issue. But in terms of the truth, it doesn't interfere with the truth at all. It doesn't interfere with who you are in, in, in the truth at all. You know, uh, and, and we use these things. We use the forgetfulness or the, as ways to say, to deny actually, to deny what we truly are. And um, I think in the, in the process of um, aging, they, the opportunities, the opportunities to say, I have some serious issues here, <laughs> are gonna to continue to um, uh, show themselves. <laughs> they're, they're not real issues. They're totally made up gentle issues that we make up to deny the only one issue, uh, which is not an issue that I'm all, already home, I'm already the son of God, I'm already perfect, I'm already healed, and we use you know, more and more things to gather up to deny that. So thank, thanks for, for bringing it up. <laughs> And um, thanks for, for, for letting it go. You're still the Holy Son of God. <laughs> oh, he's gone. He just went, he either went or he, he left, but he's gone. <laughs> no. <laughs> Chris, where's... Uh, yeah, his, his, his juice ran out. <laughs> juice ran out. Oh, no. So, Lynn, Lynn, you want to read that paragraph, too, as an opening meditation, and then we'll get quiet. Oh, where are we? <laughs> I don't know where we are. Where well, we are actually, now? no. Actually, let's, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Paragraph two on, in Lesson 109. All right, paragraph two. I rest in God. I love this lesson. I think it's my favorite lesson. Thank you for letting me read this. I rest in God. This thought will bring you rest and quiet and peace and stillness and the safety and the happiness you seek. I rest in God. God has power to wake the sleeping truth in you. Vision sees beyond appearances to that same truth in everyone and everything there is. We rest in God. Here is the end of suffering for all the world. And everyone who ever came and yet will come to linger for a while. Here is the thought in which the Son of God is born again to recognize himself. Thanks. We'll get quiet for a little bit. I'll bring us back.
And gently, gently come back. Is my sound still okay? <laughs> okay. I wanted to uh, look at some other places where it's almost every other paragraph, if not every paragraph, where Jesus points this kind of stuff out. Um, this is chapter 11, page 205. 205 in the text. And it's, uh, I think it's section 5, paragraph 12. Paragraph 12 on page 205. And I'm going to start with line 3. Line 3, it says, the ego believes. Excuse me. The ego believes that to accomplish its goal, separation, belief in separation, is actually happiness. I mean, we actually convince ourselves that separation is happiness. <laughs> but it has given you to know, know that God's function is yours, and happiness cannot be found apart from your joint will. It's given us to recognize that God's function is really our function. It's given us to wake up to what our true function is. It's given us to stop hiding that true fun function from ourselves. Uh, line five, recognize, once again, moving from the unrecognized to the recognized, recognize only that the ego's goal, which you have pursued so diligently, has merely brought you fear. He's real adamant that once we realize that what we've been doing to ourselves is just scaring ourselves to death for no reason. Once we recognize that, well, I ain't going to do that anymore. But as long as I'm, I'm not recognizing it. And just under the surface, I'm telling myself that the ego's goal and all the judgments I'm getting to support that goal of separation are worth it. I don't realize how much I'm convincing myself that's worth it, that that is happiness. That's why I maintain the judgments. I don't realize that how they're just keeping me stuck in fear all the time. I mean, intellectually, I might, you know, I sort of get glimpses of that occasionally. And in a holy instant, I'll realize it. But then when I go back to ego mode, I don't recognize. He says, recognize only. Only. I mean, that's all he's saying. This is the only thing you have to recognize, that the ego's goal is not fun. It's not happiness. It constantly brings you fear. Recognize only. <laughs> that's what opens the door to, to our waking up, to our recognizing what's really going on. That the ego's goal, which you have pursued so diligently, has merely brought you fear, and it becomes difficult to maintain that fear is happiness. On a good logical day, most of us would agree fear is not very happy. <laughs> Whether I'm in ego mode or I'm in Holy Spirit mode, most of us would sort of fess up that fear is not fun. It's not a happy thing. You mean you're not thrilled to be terrified? <laughs> yeah, well, depends <laughs> on the movie. <laughs> right. So, and he goes on. So, upheld by fear, this is what the ego would have you believe. Don't realize that what you're we're constantly doing to ourselves is making ourselves fearful. 
Um, yet God's son is not insane and cannot really believe it. That's why we have to so, be so constantly preoccupied all the time is to make ourselves actually believe we're pulling this off. Let him, the son of God, but recognize. And you start seeing where recognize is everywhere. <laughs> it's all about recognizing. Let, let him, this God's son, simply recognize it, that this is all, the ego's game is all about fear, and he won't accept it. We'll throw it out the window. For only the insane would choose fear in place of love, and only the insane could believe that love can be gained by attack. But the sane realize, the sane recognize, the sane remember, but the sane realize that only attack could produce fear from which the love of God completely protects them. And then he picks up that same theme two chapters later. This is chapter 13, page 242. Fear of Redemption, section three in chapter 13, page 242, paragraph one. You know, this is probably the line that Ken repeated more often than anything, especially in the Roscoe days. You may wonder why it is so crucial, crucial, that you look upon your hatred and realize its full extent, recognize its full extent. The good news is it's made up. I think a lot of us are going through right now a, a period of... Uh, kind of being hard on ourselves, you know, and that kind of thing goes off and on all the time. But, but we get harder on ourselves because we, we, it looks like we actually, you know, Jesus keeps telling us that you believe you chose darkness. No, we didn't choose darkness. Dark, choosing darkness makes darkness real. We chose to believe in darkness. <laughs> There's a big difference with that. It's not a subtle difference. <laughs> if I chose darkness, it means darkness is real and, and what I am, the home of evil, darkness, and sin is a real thing. No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I chose to believe in darkness. Darkness can't be a choice. That's We have to realize, though, the full extent of what we chose to believe in as a motivating factor to let go of that belief, but not let go of something that's real. I think we get caught up in that dark night of the soul, believing I am the home of evil, darkness, and sin, and that's just the reality. No, it, it's just a belief that I am that. So, you know, it's not, it, it seems like a subtle thing, and, but when you get there, <laughs> it's kind of crucial to remember, I'm believing this. It's not a fact. Tim, yeah. can you talk about how you unraveled that belief? Yeah, the how-tos. So we were pointing out at the beginning of the class is how to let this stuff go. Is we start looking at not, not going around saying this is all an illusion and, and I'm not really the home of evil, darkness, and sin. We don't have to say all that stuff. We just start taking our judgments one at a time and working on them. Am I willing to offer my brother in any specific circumstance, situation, the blessing of innocence instead of the condemnation of guilt? 
So it's always the judgments that unravel this whole process. We start with where we think we are and, and whatever judgment I'm having against anybody. So that's the how-to. In the world, the how-to is maybe I'm not upset because you're such a jerk. <laughs> it looks like you're the problem and I'm judging you because you're such a jerk. And in time and space, you might well be. But what's that got to do with me? Nothing because that's not the real problem. The real problem is internally I'm judging myself and I'm saying I chose darkness and now I'm trapped. And darkness is alive and well, and it's me. And then that's a judgment too. No, I, <laughs> I couldn't choose darkness. Darkness is not real. I have to ask Jesus in that moment to help me see that it's just a belief that I'm making up. It's a judgment against myself that I could be this horrific. And as you do that time and time again in the, <laughs> land, in the land where there is no time, your, the attention point of your consciousness shifts from looking at your hand and thinking, this is me, I am Tim, I must defend myself if somebody is rude to me or and I must unravel a judgment, it leads you to a place where you feel yourself to be not your body, not sin, guilt, and fear. Is that true? Yeah, and I, I think that's the first step of forgiveness is I let go, I'm willing to let go of believing my body can be affected by another body. Well, that was never the issue anyway. The real issue was I thought, I became an identity that killed God. I think I believe became an identity that destroyed peace, that destroyed oneness. So that, that's, that was always the issue. That was the only issue. Everything else in the world was just simply a distraction from that. And once I undo that issue, meaning I, I asked Jesus for help to realize I'm just believing something that isn't true, then, then it all goes. My identity as a body goes, my identity as, as a thing of darkness goes. Does that make sense? Sort of <laughs> makes sense when we do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it, it sounds like it it's just that sort of um, ineffable bringing your illusion to the truth and it will lead the way. Just keep bring, just keep bringing it, keep bringing it. Don't stare at the illusion and go, "How do I get rid of this thing?" <laughs> right. right. It's so bad. <laughs> it's such a bad illusion. <laughs> I know none of us would do that. <laughs> We're all willing to ask Jesus for help now, right? <laughs> Don't hang on to believing in any of this darkness, either in the other guy or in me. Yeah. So uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So he goes on. Um, paragraph one, page 242. You may also think that would it be easy enough for the Holy Spirit to show it to you and then to dispel it without the need for you to raise it to your awareness, to recognize it, what we're doing to ourselves. Because it, it was the hiding what we were doing to ourselves that was the problem in the first place. That's why it has to come into our awareness. 
because we don't believe we are actually doing something this stupid. <laughs> I mean, we don't recognize how dumb we're being here. <laughs> this is really stupid. Stupid is as stupid does. Forrest was right. We don't have to do this, but until we actually look at that we are we're trying to do this all the time, we won't let it go. Without the need to raise it to our awareness ourselves with the help of the Holy Spirit. And then it goes, um, yet there is one more obstacle you have interposed between yourself and the atonement. We have said that no one will countenance fear. Nobody's going to put up with fear if he recognizes the fear. If this is all the ego is doing for me, then I'm not going to do it anymore. But we keep justifying the ego. We keep saying, yeah, but yeah, but at least it helps out here. Yeah, but here it helps out there. But if we knew it was all fear, we'd let it go. We have said that no one will put up with this fear, counting this fear, when he recognizes it. It's the unrecognized fear that's keeping us stuck. Yet in your disordered state of mind, you're not afraid of fear. You don't like it, but it's not your desire to attack that really frightens you. You are not seriously disturbed by your hostility. You keep your hostility hidden. We keep our, our, our belief that we are the home of evil, darkness, and sin hidden because we're more afraid of what it covers. We're not afraid to look inside and see we sin. We're afraid to look inside and see there is no sin. That's always the fear. That's the real fear. That's the only fear, and all that fear is just made up to. And then... Uh, Let's see, on next page, paragraph six. Paragraph six on page 243, you must look upon your illusions and not keep them hidden, not keep them unrecognized. Not keep them like insisting they are real. Those illusions are real. That's the reality. You must look upon your illusions and realize they're illusions. That's what it said in Lesson 107. Not keep them hidden because they do not rest on their own foundation. In concealment, in this unrecognized place we put ourselves in, in concealment, they appear to do so. They appear to be real, and thus they seem to be self-sustained. This is the fundamental illusion on which the others rest. For beneath them and concealed as long as they are hidden is the loving mind that thought it made them in anger. Our fear of love. And the pain in this mind is so apparent that when it is uncovered, when it is recognized, I didn't put uncover up there, but that's a good one, covered and uncovered. When it is uncovered, that its need of healing cannot be denied. Not all the tricks, <laughs> not all the, tangent, the tangential issues, not all the games you offer, it can heal it for their, this. Here is the real crucifixion of God's son. We've got ourselves afraid of love. Any, anything? <laughs> I, there's the rub. <laughs> I like it when Ken says we don't recognize how invested we are in protecting the individual self. Because yeah, if we did we'd let it go. Once again, 
it, this this whole process is recognizing what we're doing and the, and the cost, the price we're paying for doing it. The fear it's constantly putting us in. And the, and the illusion that the individual self is who I am and somehow I need to make it have value, even if it's by me individually choosing the Holy Spirit. He, he just talks about how without recognizing how much, how invested you are in protecting my individual me, that's what you were talking about is how it's concealed. We want, we, there's no I in heaven. And there's a part of us that wants to make it work. And I think he has said that too. If it didn't work some of the time, you wouldn't be hooked. If you were miserable every second, if all you felt was fear, obviously you would say, this is stupid. What am I doing? But it's those little moments where you think you're actually going to get away with it, <laughs> where you're getting something happy. You're getting a little, a little glimpse of heaven. And then the, it gets mixed up that, that I could make it work down here, you know, instead of returning home where there isn't going to be a me. Yeah, and I think when we get those little bursts of feeling good for a little while and there's special love based on something that's eventually not going to last, then we're afraid it's not going to last. I mean, we know it's not going to last. Then we're afraid we're going to lose that little special burst of feeling good for a little while. Yeah. Yep. That's the way we keep it going. I wanted to do a, a breakout group. Oh, go ahead, Dale. Uh, quick question. Um in that last sentence, sentence six, uh, not all the tricks and games will offer it, can heal it, for here is the real crucifixion of God's son. All of a sudden, from that, he's jumping to crucifixion. I'm not quite getting that connection. Um, what is the the, connect, the crucifixion? Is the game so, ourselves or what? Yeah, the crucifixion is always... and. and is the problem is that we we crucified our innocence as a son of god we crucified nailed to a cross our innocence and we say innocence is dead our true identity is dead that's the crucifixion okay and nothing nothing to do i mean jesus crucifixion was just a metaphor for that at best but the crucifixion in this case the real crucifixion is we did this to ourselves good news is it's made up it's a phony crucifixion. <laughs> we okay. can't crucify ourselves. That's good. Yeah, right. So I wanted to do a breakout and um, break up into groups of two or three and, and look at what kind of ways might I be, in what kind of ways might I still be protecting my not waking up, my, my unrecognizing what the real problem is and realizing that's not a problem either. What kind of ways just in, in my daily moving through my day, am I protecting my unrecognition? My unrecognition of the truth. What the real problem is and how that real problem isn't a problem either. In what ways might I be protecting that? What are the kind of games and what do you call it? Games and tricks that I'm playing on myself to keep my stuck in unrecognizing what's really going on. And so, you know, just give it a shot, see what happens.
And uh, we'll come back in about 15 minutes. Let's see, I've got 18. So uh, I guess it'll be. Three, six. All right. Bruce, we'll hear you in the breakout room. What's that, Soul? I said, Bruce, we'll hear you in the breakout room. He had his hand up when we were getting ready to oh. go. Okay. Very good. All right. Let's see if this works. Uh oh, I got the California ladies. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Rosemary, I was saying that Shana wants to play tonight. Ooh. <laughs> she's, I went out shopping and she's a little hyped up since I just got back. She's just a, a love. But the other day, was it Sunday? When we were talking about, uh, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I was thinking, well, I'm willing to go poof. Or what's what's keeping me? From doing that, and I looked over and I saw my dog. My dog, yeah, heck yeah. And I thought, but she can come with me. Right. And then I thought, but there is no she, and there really is no I. And I started falling down that a little bit into a rabbit hole about that. But um, yeah, I saw that there are things that, uh, yeah, I still haven't found that megalodon tooth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's a it's a big step for all of us, especially with our pets, to realize um, it's not it's not that she can't go with you or or will I can take her with me. It's like she's already with me. Right. I mean, that's the reality, right? I mean, it's, that's a mind blower. That's yeah. and that's good. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's... Otherwise, it gets it gets really dark. I think, especially with pets. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen people do all kinds of weird things with their pets because they couldn't take care of them anymore. And so they just got rid of them. I mean, got rid of them, like put them to sleep <laughs> in the name of love. So, I yeah, let's get through But that, that whole pet thing is really intense, I think, sometimes more than people. <laughs> because they're so unconditionally loving. Mm hmm. Oh, they bite you. <laughs> Has she ever bit you? Never. Never. Navi bites us. <laughs> he doesn't get his Drug way. Bites. No. Oh. He's tall off and really bit Lynn when he was oh, being ignored or something. And then he oh, runs dear. like crazy. He knows he was bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well, he bites me because I fight with him. So I want him, you know, we wrestle. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. Rosemary, you got anything? Uh, yeah, well, speaking of animals, that's 
that's a a source of uh, of guilt that I carried for years, and sometimes it, it I still have a memory of that guilt. Um, a couple a couple of instances. One was when I was about six or seven, maybe, and I um, I had a hamster and it was in a drawer, and um, I put the cat in the room and came back and was horrified to find this little hamster lying in a big puddle of blood under the bed. Mm. You know, there's that. And then another instance is um, just a few years ago, I had uh, kind of adopted this neighborhood cat uh, who was always outdoors. Um, and I tried to keep him inside, but I just kind of gave up because he was a huge Maine Coon. And he loved to go running up trees and down the other side. And he loved to walk with me and my dog. And um, mm. one night, you know, he got hit by a car and it was just, he was only two years old and it just, mm. oh, the guilt over that, you know, is like, as if, as if I'm God and I, you know, I determine who lives and who dies and who's, you know, responsible for life. So I really had to work through that. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly with my pets, it's 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 kind of like for for some reason I've noticed this with myself, but I, I'm not sure. It's, I think it's just me that that after they're gone, it, it's easier for me to appreciate the good moments we had together, and and it's easier for me not to be so sad about it unless in those cases where I accidentally killed them. Like I had a hamster and a rabbit that were really close and I accidentally killed both of them. I thought I was helping them out, but it was really bad. And so, you know, in that case, I, I you know, it's obviously I still feel responsible for that. And, um, and I, I haven't really, now that I'm thinking about it, I haven't worked on asking Jesus for help to see beyond that that the rabbit and the, and the hamster are still, they didn't go anywhere. Right. They're still right. with me. They still are me. We right. are still that. So, yeah. 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 Woof. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a black hole. <laughs> oh, man. What it a is. test that is. Yeah. I had, I had a dog and Barney boy. I mean, Barney boy was born under my bed and uh, he was 14 and he was, he wasn't doing great, but he still had a lot of a couple years. And I came home from work one night and Bobby had been building a fence, but he left the gate open. So Barney got out. Uh, so I went looking for Barney and this is like December 23rd. Right. And I'm supposed to go to a Christmas party and my first defense came up saying you did what animals do sometimes when they don't want to be here anymore. He just took a walk to go find a tree to lay down under. And, you know, I actually half believe that, but then boy, that bothered me for the longest time. But also at night when I would be, just about ready to fall asleep, I'd feel him jump up on the bed. Yeah. And like snuggle by my feet. And it was, it was really, it was strange. It helped. 
it made me feel like he wasn't really gone. Uh, I still look for him when I go to that neighborhood and it's been <laughs> six years. I still look for him. Mm-hmm. Just, but yeah, they get to you, don't they? I mean, they, yeah, the love we have with them, that special love, I guess is very strong. I don't miss any of my exes like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Funny how that works. That's the truth. <laughs> uh, I, whatever it was I was thinking of, it went. <laughs> 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 that puts it in perspective, though. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah. It's like watching movies. I always am afraid of the animals getting hurt. I don't care about the, the people, <laughs> you know. Oh, I, know. I know. I know. Yeah, that's right. They're just, they're just actors, you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Oh. Well, I, I remember when, when Walt Disney wiped out Bambi's mom. <laughs> oh. Oh. That crucified his soul. I can't believe Disney did that. <laughs> I can't watch any Disney movies. Yeah, after things like that. no way, man. A bear. <laughs> it's it must be some kind of uh... <laughs> perverse <laughs> child oh. child torture. <laughs> it is. Oh my god. So I, I remember that, like. Up until the time I hooked up with Lynn about five or six years ago, I just refused to get that close to an animal just because I didn't want to have to go through that. Right. And now she's got this cat and I know I'm so attached to it. And every day I'm freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) And every day, you know, it's something I got. I need. And I do. I do pray about that. I always every morning. First, I start with Lynn and Jesus, help me see Lynn the way you do. And then I go right to the cat. Jesus, please. (laughs) you do yeah and it helps i mean it works you know if i sit with it and keep keep at it until i feel it change so thank god that works (laughs) yeah thank god is right yeah i have to take both my cats in to get their teeth cleaned and i get nervous about that because they have to be anesthetized. Oh, yeah, right. That freaks me out, too. Oh, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Three so. hours I got to wait and worry, you know, okay. <laughs> no. And then you're like, is it worth it getting their teeth clean? I know, I know. But yeah. I've got a, a really good vet, so. <laughs> when I was a kid, we gave our dog a bath once a year. Oh, I know. Whether he needed I know. it or it was not, like, you, know? I mean, you know, it was nobody brought in their animals in the old days. They were all running. The cats were all running. The dogs were all running. <laughs> I mean, now it's like a crime. <laughs> it, it's animal abuse. Yeah. <laughs> Let them run. Oh my God! Yeah. Man, what a trip. So yeah, it's uh. One thing I did realize the other day, I was talking to somebody. Oh, I was talking to somebody about a rebirthing process I went through. And I was kind of imagining what my mom went through when she had me. And I remember this sense I was cheering her on, which was kind of a cool thing. Like, you know, go for it. <laughs> you know, you know, like, go, go, go. 
And then I realized afterwards that, and that was a good thing, but I realized after that, I never cheered my mom on about anything after that. And so I, I, it was like, it just came to the surface, like caring that, why wouldn't I cheer her on about it? You know, 8 billion other things she might've been interested in or not. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, those layers of the onion are just. <laughs> right. Oh. So yeah, I started working on my mom again too. So after Lynn, then the cat, it's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's helpful. I'm going to remember that. Yeah. Help me to see them the way through your eyes, mm-hmm. Jesus or Holy Spirit. Right. Otherwise, it gets really, it gets really dark. <laughs> it gets really dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, and I was having such a light-filled day. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, leave I it still to, am. Leave it to Jesus to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think there's other ways that you can think of offhand that you might you know maintain protect our unrecognition of the truth certainly pets are a big one certainly any judgment I make is about anybody else political or whatever yeah any any observation of um, being separate, different, comparing people, you know, boom, we're locked into the ego again. Mm. But as long as we can stand back and look at that and see, oh, there, I did it again. You know, I'm comparing. And there's no comparison. Of course, we're different, you know, in form. But there's only one mind. Yeah, that would be good too. Like, like locked over here, and then unlocked on this side. Unlocking, yeah. manifesting, unlocking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess other ways would be bodily functions, and. Body period. Hey. Body period. <laughs> well, yeah. Body yeah. Functions. Eating, sleeping. Lynn and I agreed to fast every Monday, so that gets real weird with the body. <laughs> like, oh, that, yeah, that's a test. Like food's not an escape. I can't hide in the food. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that reminds me of a, a woman who was in a, a nursing home and um, the nurses all thought that she was going to die, but she had a cookie in her hand <laughs> and it was that cookie that was keeping her. It seemed, you know, she wouldn't let go of this cookie, even though she was <laughs> all her signs were like, you know, she was ready to go. Her organs, but she held onto that cookie. <laughs> oh, wow. That was the last thing, I oh. guess, to go. <laughs> Well, I hope she got to take a bite of it before she went. <laughs> I'm sure she did. <laughs> oh, that's good. What cookie am I hanging on to? Oh, yeah. That's good. 
hanging on by a cookie. <laughs> oh, not a thread. <laughs> I'm going to do a whole class on that. <laughs> That's good. Like that. oh. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. That was Thank good. You. Yeah. Thank you both. All righty. Let's see how fast they come running back. <laughs> they never come back as fast as I think they should. Here they come. <clears throat> so do you, you abruptly get torn out of that? I mean, do you have warning at all that it's going to end soon? Do they show a little 15 second thing or a timer? Yes. Oh, they do? It, okay. do, it does, but if you don't click out, it'll eventually kick you out. Yeah, oh. ignore it for a certain amount of time it oh okay cut you half sentence so i i thought i was like ripping your you know are you out of a, some yeah. kind of really intimate situation it was like the gong show when the cane came around our waist and just pulled us off stage no, no. <laughs> you're, you're out of here <laughs> it was great it was a good bonding oh all right yeah well you probably had special people in your group huh dale Oh, I did. <laughs> oh, good. Good. I did, too. So, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Let's uh, look at something. Um, well, let's look at the introduction to the text, because once again, it's all about recognizing. He doesn't use that word in the intro. This is on page one, introduction to the text. This is a Course in Miracles. It's a required course. So line seven, he says, this course does not aim at removing the blocks to the aware. It does aim. This course does aim at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. Right out of the chute, this is, it, this is a course about removing our blocks to our recognizing love's presence. Mm -hmm. To, to not hide it anymore with these blocks, these, these judgments we put up. Uh, in our group, we were talking about our attachments to our pets and how crazy we get about our pets and, you know, like not willing to have a pet with, with, as an experience with Jesus. You know, it's like we're in control. And then we get crazed about their innocence instead of just allowing their innocence and our innocence to be. So, not so subtle ways that we block our awareness of love's presence. Our pets and, and ourselves are already a done deal. No matter what happens, the same way us and our loved ones are already a done deal, no matter what happens, but we block that awareness. We don't recognize love's presence and we use all kinds of not so subtle ways to, to block it. Judgments probably being the biggest one. But we talked about our identity with our bodies, you know, and body issues and this and that and all that stuff. Once again, I'm not, I'm refusing to recognize what the truth is. I'm not a body. I'm free. I'm still as God remembers me. The awareness of love's presence, which is our natural inheritance. It's always that, always will be that. <laughs> Lesson 245. And this goes back to Saul's comment about a uh, question inquiry into like how do we do this how do we let go of of all this uh, all these blocks we put up lesson 245 this is on page 
416 in the workbook. And once again, he's using the word recognize in a couple places in the italics prayer at the top. For I would save your son as is your will that I may come to recognize my true self. And then finally, the zinger, the how-to, the last sentence in that uh, lesson 245, whose love we recognize because the way we wake up is because we share the word that he has given us. We share that word with our brothers instead of condemning them. That's how we wake up. We share the blessing of innocence with our brothers, with our pets, with ourselves, with each other with anybody we think of, with anybody that we're interacting with, whose love we recognize because we share the word, that blessing of innocence that he has already given unto us. And we recognize it when we share it. Always that. Don't have to do any fancy gymnastics. <laughs> Just have to be willing to share innocence instead of condemnation. So as a closing, um, Dave Van Dyke, you wanna read? Lesson 245, and then we'll get quiet. Uh, lesson 245. Yeah, hang on for a second. Okay, yes. <clears throat> Your peace is with me, Father. I am safe. And I tacked on and loved. <laughs> your peace surrounds me, Father. Where I go, your peace goes there with me. It sheds its light on everyone I meet. I bring it to the desolate and lonely and afraid. I give your peace to those who suffer pain or grieve for loss or think they are bereft of hope and happiness. Let me bring your peace with me for I would save your son as is your will that I may come to recognize myself. And so we go in peace. To all the world, we give the message that we have received. And thus we come to hear the voice for God who speaks to us as we relate his word, whose love we recognize because we share the word that he has given unto us. Thanks, Dave. We'll get quiet for a little bit. And gently, <clears throat> gently come back. I was thinking about uh, Fiddler on the Roof, you know, the song tradition. In the chorus, it's recognition. 
recognition. <laughs> so happy recognizing tonight, y'all. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Thank you, Tim. Great class. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Good night.